Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the sociology staff room. Hello and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler and we've got Nusrat with us today. So hello and welcome first of all. Hi. Hi everyone. Oh, amazing. So we're going to be talking about synoptic links today, um, which is something that I feel passionate about. I know that lots of um, our listeners and people who use the Facebook page are, um, and I really want to delve into that. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, first of all, so we get a bit of context to where you're, um, you're from. I've done my like degree in sociology. And then I did my teacher training and I've been teaching sociology since 2011. And at my current school, I've been here since 2016. I'm a one person department. Um, yeah, and I teach like year 12s and year 13s, um, A-level sociology. I'm hoping to introduce GCSE sociology um, at our school. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. I teach out, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the school's name, but it's kind of like featured on the Times education kind of list for one of like the good schools in London. Um, the Cooper's Company and Coburn School. Um, and then, and it's kind of, kind of got a lot of history in terms of like um, celebrities that have come here or our school's always one of the schools that are interviewed by the media um, or anything. I think it's because of you kind of put it into the context of sociology, kind of like a middle class school and a very good area that's really well, kind of like typical characteristics of what would they read in the textbook um, oh. about a good school. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I feel, I don't know why, but I don't, I feel like I should know this. And maybe like Duncan's like, because he's recording right now and he's like, well, how do you not know this school? Like, thing. But I would definitely Google it um, and find out more. I don't know how I've missed that. So apologies uh, for not, not knowing the school. I know we didn't have a conversation okay, about the, uh, school, the school. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, like school website, they put uh, the Times um, paper in their headline about mm -hmm. our school which i always teach my students about marketing the school and marketization, mm, marketization and yeah. apply everything to the school environment and how do we recruit students and um how do we sell ourselves oh i feel like it's a conversation in itself isn't it a separate yeah. conversation about how schools successfully market themselves as well yeah. so um that'd be quite an interesting conversation to have um and also another conversation like as well about the, the sort of teaching different cohorts of students as well so i'm only tapping you up again for further conversations but today we're talking about synoptic links um so first of all um, I know you hear this word, and I remember like I, we just had a conversation before we came on. We were saying like I sometimes refer to it as synopticity, and I think we googled it, and it was synoptic links. But we've gone for synoptic links, and sociology. I don't know if you find this, and I know that's why we're talking about this today. Is I don't know if it's, I don't, it's, it's very synoptic. Obviously, it's highly synoptic as a topic, and I almost feel like the year thirteen feels easier than the year twelve because it's building on existing knowledge rather than I know with other <laughs> subjects you must do. I don't know, I can't think of another subject off the top of my head, but you might do that topic in, say, geography, or I oh, know they've got a synoptic link in there, but a, a topic, and then you don't really revisit again in another topic or another topic or another topic, and, whereas sociology isn't like that. Um, so first of all, what do you think is the, the relevance of synopticity <coughs> or being synoptic in sociology in your teaching? I think it, um, because if you look at society, everything in society is interconnected. Mm. You can't assume to study a topic and not make connections between mm. topics or within topic areas. Um, mm. And I think it's really important for students to see that connection because society is very interconnected. It kind of links to that sociological imagination concept, mm. isn't it? 
yeah. but you can't look at something in isolation look at the wider context of it so it kind of gives you the wider context of things i think it is something that's very hard to teach because textbooks don't really teach it mm. <clears throat> because it's a skill um and so i do find like students find it hard to grasp it i think it's a lot easier mm. in year 13 than it is in year 12. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It feels like there's some faith on the students' part in Year 12, isn't there? That don't worry, it's all going to come together. I feel like when we start the, the Year 12 topic, I and mean, then a lot of us would have already started <coughs> midway through maybe the education <coughs> unit Sorry. or started education, depending on how they split it. Um, don't worry, I had a, I had a cold, literally. I had the longest cold and cough for like two, three weeks. So I'm on the other end of it. Um, but yeah, I... Um, I think for the social for the students in year 12 it's sort of one of those things you think oh my goodness how is it all going to pull together at the end and then almost it's the sort of the penny drops i don't know maybe sort of february august february to august time in year 12 and then obviously it's cemented into year 13. um but like you said it is quite a hard thing to teach and obviously sociology is hugely synoptic because it links to wider society and there are threads that run through the whole course um it so how does, yeah. go for it so how do you know about how, like, um, if you look at this spec, it talks about integral um, mm. and core um, themes or elements. So mm. what I do in year 12 is I do like the first two, three weeks introductory lessons. Mm. I turn each of those bullet points into a core theme and I call it core theme one. And I look at like key sociological concepts like socialization, norms, values. Then I do core theme two, like sociological theories. And I do it in a very basic, simple way. I get, I give them like a, I actually use a lot of the resources that you guys have. And you've got like a poster page for uh, each of the theories. Mm -hmm. And then I print that off and I give them an analogy and the human body for functionalism, Marxism, like a league table or, or some kind of hierarchy. And I kind of use um, analogies for them to kind of get a basic understanding of each of the theory. Core theme three, I do, I call it Sega. I know you guys call it Dr. Cages, I think. But I call it social mm. class, ethnicity, gender, and age. Sega, I don't know why. Just everybody has got <laughs> their own version of it. Yeah. When we look at like social differentiation and stratification. That's core theme three. Core theme four I do is research methods. I give them like a basic introduction to positivism and interpretivism. And I think for me, core theme five, I make it about globalization. And because I do those introductory themes and core themes, I then interweave them into my lessons. And so by the time they get to year 12, before they transition to year 13, I create like a summer homework for them. And so I put, I create a grid and a couple of grids. And I do like a grid for family and households with all the topics on the top and all the topics on the side. And they have to kind of come up with three synoptic links between the different topic areas. I do the same with education. And then I do a grid with the core themes. And that really helps them. So I give them a target like minimum you have to put one link between each of the boxes and i'll give i give them a head start maximum do three and i say to them the reason why i'm making you do that because it ends up being a revision tool they can refer mm. to it sits with some papers more easily than others like theory and method they now understand as your 13 students why might the examiners might have put theory and methods between two papers because if you look at theory and methods it's the core debates the method the core theories that is a foundational basis of what sociology is isn't it and i think whoever designed the specification must have thought let's put it between two papers because it brings it together mm -hmm. in year 12 it's really hard for hard to explain that to them they just think oh they're I don't understand this. Why is it between two papers? I think, as you said, students, they do. And I think theory and methods, I kind of see it as a revision unit. Because mm. every time you teach them something about it, they know something about it already because they know what they can apply from year 12. 
And then the year 13 is further examples they can use. Um, so I think theory method really lends itself well. Education and crime. I think the hardest one is paper two because the nature of the 10 markers are different. Mm-hmm. I think they've grasped, grasped that it's cause and effect. But they've also grasped that it's very hard to predict what the combinations are going to be. They can't predict that. The best way to practice that is, and I think it's from the two to two work, because I think for it's the, uh, it's the activity I adapt, adapt always. And I think mm. a lot of you might, actually, you guys might say it's a revision workbook. I actually see it as saving my lessons mm-hmm. because I use it as worksheets and I adapt it and I can think of other ideas to kind of uh, make it more um, adaptable to my students. So I think it's from the Family Houses booklet. It's the one about couples and then it's got like couples in the middle and then it has all the different like synoptic links and the red line means is that the cause of because of couples or is it an effect? And I think, I think that activity really works well because one of the advice I give to my students, preparing for beliefs or family and houses, that's the best way you can revise for it. So the 10 markers and paper two are very unique because the 10 marker without an item, with an item, it's cause and effect. I think they've seen a pattern with that and they can draw, draw on two areas of this, um, two areas of family house, let's say, or beliefs or the other options that you might study. And it's very hard. You can't really prepare for what kind of two things they might pair up together. But I think the two to two workbooks really help them to think really deeply about what the connections between the topic areas are. Um, and some of the topic areas are a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but demography, like, Thank God it's it's a 20 marker from this summer's exam, but I think that's the one they found the hardest to do, especially not birth rates because they can link birth rates to everything. I think the one they found really hard was migration and examiners are becoming very creative now with the combinations they're coming up with and the combinations are going to get much more unique now. And unfortunately, like the textbooks don't really address the skills part. And they don't, they're not going to deal with every possible connections, can they? You have to kind of prepare your students to kind of think mm. outside the box. They can link it to like contemporary studies or what they're watching the news or general discussions in class. Um, and I think those questions are kind of used, I think, to differentiate between students because they kind of make students panic, don't they? Either some students break down the course, some students break down the effect, but a lot of students don't really bring them together. Um, and make the connections between them. They kind of treat them separately as separate topic areas. I think that's the one where the synoptic links is um, obvious in the exam question, but harder to teach for some mm. topic areas, not all of it. Um, like the demography, I, I struggle with that. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with beliefs in society, but I actually like teaching it. Um, and I think it was like on um, the sociology face group. Um, book comment yesterday that believes in society that like every topic links with another how do you break it down um, and I think like if when we do like the theories of religion functionalism I try to use examples from the other chapters and introduce them to the um, examples beforehand so when they look at the example in a different topic here they're like oh, I've come across that before mm. now, for instance the ultra nationalism in India and Nanda's study, I think students well, counted how many times we've used them. I mean, so we've used it five, six times already. And I tell them, yep, that make, I tell them it makes a revision a lot easier because you can use one study many different ways in many different questions. Um, so it's not really overwhelming because sociology is very content heavy. So you kind of have to make very kind of conscious selection of studies that you focus on that you can use in multiple different topic areas. Um, and I tend to weave that in very early on. I'm kind of inspired by the two to two workbook. I think for the functional theory, it says, how does it apply to those kind of other contemporary examples that are from other chapters? 
and I kind of link it in very early. So when we do learn something new, they already have a prior knowledge, don't they? Which mm. they kind of build on and reinforce. Um, there's lots of benefits to like synoptic links. I think it improves their responses too. Like when they're stuck on an essay, they don't know what else to write. What can they bring in that synoptic? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I find like you said, I think it's those things that it builds up. And I think you said like you do this great activity at the end of um, the year 12, where you sort of get almost like a, like a big A3 grid by the sounds of it. And you get the students to make links between the topics. So, for example, yeah. like you just said, demography and say, I uh, childhood or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, and I and I think that's, you know, that's like you said it's something you can practice that way and it's not only uh revision but it's also developing that skill as well and then obviously against those synoptic links like socialization and looking at theories the across theme, and yeah. yeah the core themes policies that type of thing and i think that sort of idea of practice is really really important and then another important thing you've just mentioned is really thinking about the selection of those names and those studies like um that sounds like a really sort of like you've mentioned that some names you might look at more than once across a topic but also in other topics like um and, and it's saying to the students actually you haven't got lots more to revise actually you've got very not much to really to revise in the sense that it's it's just revising the same thing but with a lot more detail across yeah. that um at what point do you find your students sort of the penny drop in regards to that because i feel like maybe it's it for the year 12 like you said i think it's a bit of a, a shock you're like oh my goodness i've got to learn all these names and all yeah. these studies and all these theories but little do they know that actually there's a lot of repetition in that um yeah when does the penny drop for your students i think I think at the moment that they start, because I did the core themes and I did that introduction, they're starting to weave that in themselves. The ones mm. that are making that connection. For ones that it's not obvious, you kind of like kind of put it in a part of your Star Trek activity, like a reflective mm. task, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or stretch and challenge question or kind of in your discussions in class. And it's like continuously reinforcing that. Um, because I always tell them your 12 content, well, I, my, it's my perception, I can't speak for anyone else, but I think when you've got three papers to do at the end of your two years, you need to make your 12 content your strongest, your strongest. So education, you know, is like typically performed really well at our school. Family houses, they surprisingly do well on. The one they struggle one is with Belize. It kind of makes sense because it's kind of they kind of do it before their exams. Um, so I, I always tell them that going over things that you've done in year 12 is helping you in year 13. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's just reinforcing, it's a revision tool. Um, I hate the idea of flashcards, it's just not me. Mm -hmm. My kind of revision, inspired by the workbooks, is based on application and skill-based yeah. revision. Um, and I think when you kind of do different tasks or however you choose to do it in your lessons, it, it allows them to kind of stimulate them, doesn't it? and to apply yeah. what they know and it becomes part of the long-term memory so i think it's a very hard one to kind of like first introduce them to it um and then teach them to it but i mean like they can't they're starting to do it now they recognize the links between i mean at the moment we're doing ethnicity and achievement and um, we looked at material factors today and they're like miss could we use uh, material factors we looked at in class i said yes you can there's not there's not anything from there's not a different set of sociologists for material fact the, the name in the napier press is palmer um mm. but for class and achievement they have a lot of different sociologists i'm saying yes you can use that because mm. if you're an ethnic minority from a low-income background you're going to experience the same thing are you not in terms of like um lack of financial resources so they're kind of starting to make those link themselves they mm -hmm. can see that um i don't think all students grasp it in the same way 
Mm-hmm. I think some students see it as it's an optional for students that they think are going to do so well in the exam. And I tell mm. them it's not an option. It's for everyone to do that. Um, mm. And I think a lot, a lot of students find it hard to do that because it's trying to make those invisible lines visible, isn't it? Mm, definitely. That's such an important thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's like, like you said, I think sometimes like a question, I have that quite a lot as well. I'm sure lots of other teachers do is, am I allowed to use that name across? And you're like, well, you can. Obviously, they don't know that, the students, unless they've been told because they think, oh, well, I've seen that name in education for argument's sake. Um, can I use that name in crime? And you're like, yeah, actually, you probably could answer a, a solid education paper without a sort of crime paper with some of the education staff or the yeah. stuff you maybe looked in like status frustration for instance mm. like identity with archer the only danger with that is when they're applying that study from um or anything from education they need to still make it sound about crime mm. and not education mm. and it's that's another like uh, another kind of like a podcast like session to do about teaching analytical mm. skills yeah definitely. because that school is very hard to teach isn't it where you're trying to stop them from regurgitating Yes. And actually apply that civil not particularly yes, and practice definitely. that. That's another like skill set itself. Definitely. I think you get that sort of gap. And I find that, I don't know if you, I know we talk about synopsticity, but um, I find that gap quite transparent actually in the four and the six markers. I don't know if you feel the same, where the students will identify the 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 way as such or the reason or whatever they're like, identify the two and the four markers. Um and then they don't actually explain how that has an impact. They're not really doing the application. Sometimes it falls into a description rather than um, an application. An, an application. Um, so, yeah, definitely application is something they need to, definitely an area to talk about because actually, especially like that cause and effect, you said, the way they've got those synoptic skills, some students treat that as two separate questions. So we'll obviously like say birth rate two separate and topic areas. Yeah, Maybe- and, diversity or something yeah rather than saying how they impact each other even if you look at education and if you look at classes as gender and i'm not making this example up the exam question they got for their real exams in the summer 30 market was very similar to my made-up question for their mocks because Mm. their 30 marker and achievement was on all social groups Mm. and what i try to do with my students is yes i use past exam questions but mm. I have to have that self-belief that they are going to try and create and be creative the examiner. They are trying to, and their mock exam question I gave them for education wasn't social groups. And they're like, Miss, how mm. did you know that? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to think of other ways they're going to make the questions more synoptic, more question-based, applied what they know. And if you look at achievement, like the textbook focuses on the achievement or underachievement or achievement, but they don't realize it's also talking about their experience with school. Mm-hmm. and their identity yes. in school so i always say to them when it comes to like classes this gender they might ask you a question on achievement they might ask you a question on identity they might ask you mm-hmm. a question on the experience of school and i think the two to two workbooks has helped with that try to make connections between different things they're learning about in education mm-hmm. I, I i i wouldn't be surprised if the examiners were inspired by the workbooks because i feel like the questions are becoming oh, more like i well that's my personal opinion but i feel like with the social groups and achievement one it sounded very inspired, maybe perhaps, because my students didn't think that was possible. That they could not just focus on one group, they can focus on all three groups. Mm-hmm. And they did. And it was very similar to what they what I asked them in their internal mock exams. That's what I'm noticing with the questions as well. Like paper two, we know is uniquely very like explicitly synoptic, but it mm-hmm. features in paper one and paper three too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, 
if we look at they might in the future let's say because they've asked a question on ethnicity gender and um, class and crime they might focus on on social groups mm -hmm. so when i'm so at the moment i'm teaching the um this week ethnicity and crime but we've kind of touched on gender and class mm -hmm. uh, and they could do that because you, so you have to kind of build in the synoptic between topics and within topic areas mm -hmm. isn't it yeah um and the best way I can tell them that is the reason why it really works is because it gives a response that they give in the exam, like a nuanced response, like a wider, mm. like a bigger picture. And it's sort of someone who's regurgitated the textbook or when students sometimes, unfortunately, write the essay in the order in the paragraph that appear in the textbook. I hate mm. that. Mm. And I think the more you, early you build it in and you kind of reinforce it, it becomes part of the natural practice. Mm -hmm, definitely yeah and I think it's that, like you said that reinforcement maybe at the beginning of the lesson it might be part of a starter activity um it might be a case that you sort of like once you've taught a whole unit is pull it all together I know yeah. for my person it's hard for teachers to do this but I try and teach um do a lot of flip learning um so that it allows for those synoptic links in, in the lesson and I do try to finish teaching quite early on in the year not early early like not now um but enough time to allow for that revision um, so that students can pull things across between yeah. to all the topics. Um, but, you know, yeah. I know it's hard because it's quite content heavy, but like you said, a lot of those names will repeat itself again and again. It does. One of the things our school does is they have like uh, sociology captains and subject mentors. And I start my revision in September week one mm. and mm. we do like a half an hour session. And then I, do, I lead the first two sessions and I get my captains and my mentors to lead oh, wow, a sprint idea. And yeah. they kind of put a workbook together, like the two to two guys, like you guys do in the workbooks. And one of the tasks, or two of the tasks, is always a synoptic links task, mm. which then Amazing. everybody gets, everybody. So they lead the session, and, um, and there's a copy of it at the school Google Classroom, and they get a hard copy as well. So my do revision from September, I build mm -hmm. it in, and then the time increases before their internal mock exams, which is after Christmas. I'm a one person department. Um, and it's like I last year I managed to have four weeks of revision. Amazing. Um, this so. year I don't know, um, but it's really hard, isn't it? Because mm. I'm jumping through different topics every week, and one of my classic tasks is to kind of make links between them every time. Mm. So I say to them, every time we do a new topic, you're linking it back to the previous couple mm. of weeks as well, and reinforcing that again and again and again. We've finished theories of crime, we've done class and crime, we're on ethnicity and crime. And they're like, Miss, why are we still learning about theories of crime? Well, I said to them, <laughs> it applies, it applies. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. It That's applies massively. Um, it applies massively and I think it massively helps them in their exams. When they're stuck for another point or another counter, it really helps. And I think another thing that the workbook does is a scale one, the evaluation. Mm. And I mm. think that's really improved their evaluation skills because they always used to think of however or on the other hand. But mm. putting strength in there, if you've got synoptic links between different topic areas, that's shown the relevance of that sociologist work. Mm. I tell them something like Baudoir's, I say Baudoir, how I pronounce Baudoir's name. Um, but Baudoir's works have been followed by many other sociology diagrams, mm. study, um, ethnic capital by um, that new sociologist, as an Asian sociologist, Bhopal. Mm -hmm. ethnic capital um and 
if someone's work is being respected and applied in other subject areas or topic area, that's a strength of that person's work, mm. isn't it? Or the of relevance course. of that concept. Um, so I think Synoptic Links helps with that scale thing, like strength, criticism, an alternative way of looking at something. So it develops their evaluations because analytical skills. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's such an important skill to have. I think. Oh, it's just... definitely. I think it's almost like you said. I think it starts from day one, and I know like we're already sort of what seven weeks, eight weeks into the academic year. But actually, if you're building that synopsis straight off, I know that there's a lot of debate. Do people do an introduction? Do they not do an introduction um, into, or do we start straight with education? But I suppose the benefit of of doing that is setting that foundation, those synoptic links, and the student. Like I know yeah. what you're saying, like the students go, "Oh, we're looking at functions and marks, and I mean again or." Um, or for example, like obviously uh, the cage debates as well, they constantly yeah. come through, or globalisation. Globalisation, socialisation, norms of yeah. values. Yeah, of, and actually like, one, they sort of go, oh, actually I probably could write this course before, <laughs> you know, like you said about your students or your captains, yeah. they sort of go, you can almost predict even before you teach beliefs that they know what's going to be covered. You could actually always yeah. say to your students, right, we haven't taught the start of beliefs, but this is our first lesson, what do you think we're going to cover before we even start the lesson? They no, it's theories of, yeah. Yeah. Can't predict. So one of the things I get in my year twelve to do after I do like the introductions to the core themes, mm. they do a presentation where they pick a, a social issue that matters to them mm. and something that they're passionate about, and they kind of do like a um, why they pick that topic, how does it link to the themes that we've studied mm. in the introduction, um, how would they research it. So I get them to be a working sociologist from day one. Mm. So like some of the topic areas I've had is like colorism to uh, police racism to um, does prisons work. And when they're talking about it, they're kind of doing a, a, a mini um, application for EPQ. Mm. That, and they kind of look, and within that, we can see what themes they're refer reference to. If they do like um, gender pay gap, you can see reference to like feminism. You can see reference to the feminist theory. Um, mm -hmm. And so I get them to do that project, and it's called a, a social issue that matters to you. And it's a nice way of learning about them as well. Mm. What, so when do you do that again, sorry? After I do the, all the core themes, and I get mm. them to do a presentation, and I give nice. them like a week to prepare for it. So they do like a two-slide presentation, then they do a report, which is an extension of that. How did they decide to, we'll what topic did they pick? What topic they picked? Why did they pick it? How does it link to the core themes? I give them a target. It has to link to certain core themes. And mm. I give them an option. How would they research it? You'd be surprised how much they know about research method. Obviously, the most two typical methods they refer to very early on without having to do sociologists' questionnaires and interviews. Yeah. But they're able to kind of come up with examples of questions they would ask and why. Mm, it's um, quite a nice revision we... activity, isn't it? Yeah, it's that, revision. That application. And I keep yeah. a copy of it um, and I kind of like show it to other students too. Um, I had really, really interesting one. One of the ones that really stood out for me was a student that I did about forgotten immigrants during the pandemic. Mm. And you would have thought it wasn't a year 12 student delivering it. Like the way the student delivered it. It was like they were making an application for EPQ or they were presented mm. at university because it was that mm. reason well. Um, there were some students, obviously, they do the common one and you can compare the ones that have done the same topic mm. and then the difference. But I think it's a really good one them to kind of recognise very early on. Mm. And their understanding of synoptic links and it goes down really well. You learn something about them, they learn something about one another. I don't necessarily put the box on the school internal system. It's yeah. something I just give them a, like a written feedback on. 
Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, and there's something that they get to keep. And they're surprised that I still remember it or they, they stole a copy yeah. of it. They kind of see the first thing that they've produced in the lesson. Mm, that's interesting because it really yeah. like it's a different way of of doing. I also really love the idea of those uh, captains or the, like the the idea of them sort of running the revision sessions as well. Because obviously, obviously, it's, it's getting the students to take ownership of those synoptic links yeah. as well, their own revisions of. And, so, and also it takes that away from. Because yeah. we have to like depending on our school works like this, depending on how many students you have. You can only select a, small, a certain number of students. So sociology tends to be small. So I had to pick one girl and boy for my captain, who I also say, if you're the captain, you are naturally the mentor as well. I had to mm. pick three, um, four boys and girls to be mentors. So the bigger the subject, like psychology is always big in our school, so they would have mm. more. Sociology is small. And I've what I've done is I kind of looked at past exam questions and I focused on like the big questions and what topic hasn't come up in the past mm. couple of years. And I've created workshops for each week. So we do it every Thursday. And mm. we kind of put together 10 workshops for this term before the mock mm -hmm. exams. So this week, two of my students are doing gender differences and achievement. Next week is childhood, the week after experiments. Mm -hmm. um, so they kind of lead it. And the, one of the tasks always in the workbook is a synoptic one. They do a classic one, you know, key concepts, key sociologies. Uh, it's kind of very inspired by what you guys have done in the workbook. But they kind mm. of like either use that as a guideline or they make their own version of it. They create workbooks or PowerPoints and they kind of lead it. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to pick students that are of mixed ability. So those that are leading the sessions are not necessarily what they would typically say as in a high high ability. I deliberately pick a mix. Yeah, oh, um, amazing. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like you've got lots of different strategies to incorporate that those synoptic links, and um, it's not something you sort of leave either at the end of a topic or the end of the academic year. It's something that's spreaded all the way through, and I think that's the key. I think like well, the nature of synopticity that it has to be linked all the way through, but also those sort of common th themes and recognising those yeah. common themes. And I think the importance, which I've got away from what you're talking, is it's all well and good you being aware of those common themes as, as a practitioner, as a teacher, but actually communicating that to the students and those synoptic links there and then being fully aware of those those themes so that they can either teach it like they do with the captains or making sure that they're able to revise in an effective way. So there are lots of strategies there that are, I'm definitely, I'm definitely um, borrowing some of those ideas, particularly uh, I like the idea of the captains. That's uh, something I'm yeah. going to be using. And, and literally, as soon as I finish this call, there's those students. Our school's very big on leadership and they're very mm. inclusive. You have like STEM captains, there's subject captains for each A-level mm. subject. There's diversity captains, we're very mm. big on diversity. You've got your careers one. Um, and what I get students to do, I don't really pick because I don't believe mm. in teacher favoritism. Mm. I get them to apply. Yeah. Um, and then I read their application form and then I pick from the best. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's something that's really good for our school and it's really unique. And it's something those I've noticed those that are very involved in the revision sessions end up really doing really well because they're revising yeah. continuously. Yeah, always teach it. Yeah, it's always fresh in their head. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Synoptic Links kind of teaches them that I need to be continuously revising. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And building up my knowledge and application of that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, thank you for all your input and all your ideas. I appreciate that. I've, I've definitely, I've, I've personally taken away two, which I'm definitely going to action today. So thank you for sharing.
and hopefully um, this will, people who listen to that will take away some ideas as well. But definitely, thank you for that. And thank you for your time. I appreciate you also teaching today and sort of squeeze that yeah. into your, your working day. Thank you ever so much for your, your, your information and, and your honesty today. Thank you. Thank you. No worries. That's all right. Thank you. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor2usoc or Instagram at tutor2usoc. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.